it's been a long time since we've rock and rolled. But that all changes this August as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more. Stage panels, signing sessions, and photo ops will be available, plus lots of vinyl and memorabilia vendors. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, speaking sessions, networking, and more. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite making their debut performance, as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod Weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Inceptia. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today, a man that's sat behind the kit for everyone from Ted Nugent to Rob Zombie to Alice Cooper to Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, today, he's talking about his new project, Tommy's Rock Trip. L- ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tommy Clefados. Tommy, how you doing? Yo, Alex, you're one fine Sly Dog. How's everything going out there? Where are you calling me from? I'm calling from sunny Los Angeles. Oh, nice. You're not too far from me. I'm down here in San Diego. Oh, okay. Oh, well, boy, you live, you're living the life, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's great down here. I, lo- I love it. It's a little less crazy than Los Angeles. Los Angeles is fun, but, man, San Diego's got a nice chill vibe. I'm yeah, not going to lie. Well, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the suburbs where it's like soccer mom, Bill, so, uh. <laughs> which I like. Nice, nice, yeah. Before, before uh, moving out here, like, when I lived in L.A., I lived in, like, right on Hollywood Boulevard, like, right off of, oh, like, God. I, I walked a no block way. down, and it was Hollywood Boulevard. It was, like, yeah, I live right oh, here man. in Oh, you know, Yeah. I don't even like to drive down there anymore because I'm so old. <laughs> well, you, I got to say, man, you don't sound old because this new album, Beat Up by Rock and Roll, from your Project Tommy's Rock Trip, it's just so full of, like, life and energy and just rock and roll and swagger and attitude. So let's get right into it, man. Um, so last year, you originally you had planned there was going to be a tour with Ozzy. And then some stuff came out about Ozzy's health. It got canceled and then COVID. So was this something you've been planning on doing for a while? And then just COVID finally gave you the opportunity to do this? I was never planning on doing this ever in my life. I've never written a song. I've never wrote lyrics. I've never done anything, never put a band together. Um, But because of this worldwide shutdown that we're all in the midst of, I was afforded this block of time 
where, you know, at that same time, somebody said, do you want to do a record? And after thinking about it for maybe three minutes, I go, yeah, why not? I make music. That's what I do. And I'm missing it. So I'll make a record. And it's a perfect opportunity for me to see if I can actually do what I think I can do when it comes to, yeah, I'm a drummer, but can I do this other stuff? You know, it was maybe just a test for myself music, you know, it was actually just like a, a little musical challenge, if you will, um, to see if I could do it. And if, if I could do it, would I like what came out? So I'm here to tell you, I like what came out, I'm proud of it. And I captured what I set out to do. Rock and roll has no guidelines, but there's a way that I hear rock and roll. And there was a way and an approach that I wanted it to be done by. And that approach is as, as live as possible, meaning no click tracks, no studio trickery, um, no cutting and pasting, none of this stuff that makes it really easy. But while it makes it really easy, it can suck some of the life out of the music. So we did everything. We recorded it in an old barn, mm. uh, turned into a studio that was run by a buddy of mine who I grew up with in Detroit. And we set up an old drum set. We set up some old Marshall amps. We set up some old amp bass amps and we faced them at each other and we went at it. We didn't even wear headphones because we just did it like we rehearsed it. The jam room, they just happened to mic us up and hit record. And we played it from the first note to the last note. And if somebody made a mistake, we did it again, like they used to do. So um, what you hear on the album is, is what you get. It's just three or four guys at a time jamming um, and trying to play tight rock and roll and by making it tight, it has that propulsion that Motor City music, which is where I'm from, um, has. So I got what I heard in my head and I really am proud of it and I enjoy it. And if on top of that, other people enjoy it, that is a total bonus for me. Nice. And I think that's so cool, by the way, you mentioned that Motor City thing, because I, I, I had this, I, I didn't know where you were from, honestly. So I was listening to the album and uh, I'm a big Alice Cooper fan. He put out an album this year called Detroit Stories. And it was kind of meant to go back to, you know, that yep. garage rock sound, that 70s sound. And I was listening to this. I'm like, this is so live and, and raw. And it has that, sa that same yeah. attitude kind of that that, that scene has. So to hear, to hear you actually say that's where you're from, I'm like, it just kind of like makes it all perfect. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I used to play for Alice Cooper. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, yeah. And then Eric Dover, the singer singer on the album we both played with alice cooper at the same time and that's where i met eric nice yeah i i, I did i did know that you, you play drums on and 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 when i was 14 my dad took me to, or 13 took me to see alice cooper and i said i'm gonna play in that band one one day <laughs> and i did that's incredible that's awesome i love it man yeah, that's I, lo I love. And what the, were you gonna say? You were saying oh, something. I yeah. cut you off. I apologize. That, that's all right, man. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, you play drums on Dirty Diamonds, and uh, yeah, I was gonna ask if you were in the band. I knew Eric was in uh, Alice Cooper for a period of time. I just wasn't sure if you two were like cross paths during that time. We we did overlap there for a minute. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, he is the perfect voice for this album. Like, talk about like, like was he your first choice when you started to put this thing together? 
Yeah, well, in the beginning, I didn't know what I was. I'm by beginning, I'm talking about the first couple of days before I decided because it doesn't take me long to kind of <laughs> know where I'm gonna go. But um, he was once I knew that I was gonna make more of a band record, and I didn't want to have any special guests or anything like that. I didn't want to have a bass player from this band or a guitar player from this band and a special guest here. I didn't want it to be a cast of characters. I wanted it to, do, to be all the same guys on the music. Then I knew Eric Dover was the guy because he can cover so many basses. Even though it's all pretty straight ahead, there's some different stuff on there and you have to have some different stuff in your musicality in order to be able to pull it off. And Eric had that and more and he i always admired his um he he can go over the edge you know what i mean he's not afraid to go over the edge which is what great rock should have and he's the perfect voice his his unique voice sounds great with these songs oh yeah no he, he blasts them out of the park like songs like welcome to the show like he just nails it yeah yeah he's awesome and i'm so thankful to him for for doing it for me he was very expensive. I mean, I, I'm still paying <laughs> off the credit card bill, but it was worth it. Yeah, I, de I, I definitely agree. He took, his voice sounds great on the record. And you also yourself, you took a swing at three tracks. And I have to say, I did enjoy you have a nice bluesy tone to your voice on the songs you sang. Uh, talk about those a little bit, because I thought those were like they're, they're cool little like surprise points of the album because you, you get used to Eric's voice. And then there's, there's this I couldn't bluesy afford swagger. Eric over on any more songs i couldn't afford him so i was <laughs> left with no money so somebody had to do it <laughs> all um, right no um i didn't set out to sing at all on the album you know it was kind of a uh, a fluke if you will i i was doing these scratch vocals so eric could learn the melodies and um kind of get a vibe of what i wanted on the track scratch vocals are kind of like guide tracks so you can hear what somebody wants. So it's me like snarling away. And then on those three songs that you heard, um, I go, man, it kind of, it almost actually works and it's not making me puke. So I actually just left it. And that was kind of how it just happened. I go, oh, it's, it's not that bad. It kind of almost fits because I was not in a, I wasn't trying to sing. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just sitting on the couch doing guide vocals. And I think there's kind of a relaxed kind of thing that came out of that. And on top of that, a couple of the songs are kind of uh, near and dear to my family's heart. The Make Me Smile song that I sang on is about my beautiful wife, who's the best mother and the best thing that me and my daughter could ever hope for. That's about my beautiful wife. So I had to sing that song. And then there's a song, the last song on there called Power of Three, which is a song um, to my beautiful four-year-old daughter that explains in a rock and roll Chuck Berry nursery rhyme way how I feel about having the best daughter a guy could ever hope for. So I had to sing that. And then Beat Up by Rock and Roll just kind of had this lazy um, kind of stoner vibe, even though I've, I'm not a stoner at all. It just has this kind of cool, lazy rock and roll feel. So I just left it. So that's my story on that and I'm sticking to it. Nice. Wonderful. So making this album, it's kind of sounds like you just kind of went into like, let's see what happens. But I did want to ask, so you, you've made albums with some of these acts you've toured with over the years. You know, you've made an album with Rob Zombie, you've made albums with Ted Nugent, Alice Cooper. Is there anything you learned 
in those scenarios that you applied to this one or was, or did you really just kind of like blaze your own trail with this thing? Well, I've learned that what I like and what works for me and what I like and what works for me is to do it more raw. You know, the more engineers get involved, the more studio guys get involved. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, all the best recordings are usually when you're just messing around. And so I wanted to create an environment where the musicians were just comfortable. You know, it was literally in a barn. It's not in this high priced studio, nor did I have the budget to go there. But I don't really like those kind of scenarios. I like kind of things that are a lot more street than that. And I wanted this record to sound like the street. And in order to get that, you kind of got to grind it out. So there was nothing fancy about it. But I've learned being in those different situations that that technology can hold back the rawness of the performance. Not saying that, you know, playing on those albums are great, but it's like, you can just, you can just go jam and it can be cool too, you know? And that's what I, I, I only learned that because that's what I'm most comfortable in is when you're just kind of like set up like it's a gig or set up like it's a rehearsal versus you know this guy's in a different room and that guy's over there you know eye contact and you know the guys would literally just watch me for my shoulders to go up and down of when to hit the downbeat you know so you don't have to be connected to this computer grid you know so if that makes sense totally it does because yeah one of the first things i noticed when i listened to this i'm like man these songs scream to be played live and to hear that that's kind of how they were done like you basically you probably basically played a show in that barn and that's kind of what we have to tape that's absolutely that's absolutely true yes nice so uh let's hit some of these tracks man i picked out a few of my favorites i wanted to ask you about let's start with uh sure. got to play some rock and roll this song i love because it kind of reminds me a bit of motorhead in a way there's a section in there that even feels a bit like ace of spades was this was that like a conscious tribute or was that a happy accident I would say that's a happy accident, to be honest with you. Um, to me, it's kind of like a Motor City Madhouse meets Motorhead meets um, my drumming, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm not I like Motorhead, but I they, they were never really an influence on me. Um, there's a lot of tracks that are like that before Motorhead even came out with Ace of Spades, kind of. Um, but it's just a cool, blistering rock song, you know? And it's almost, my buddy Eric Singer, he's a fellow drummer and he plays in Kiss. He said it reminded him of early Ted Nugent, even before you probably knew Ted Nugent. He had a band called the Amboy Dukes. Mm. And there was, a, there was a cool drummer on there, um, Vic Mastriani, who played cool little stuttery double bass things. So that's kind of like that kind of vibe if you go back and listen to some of those records. I will say to my listeners out there, go check out the song Journey to the Center of the Mind by the Amboy Dukes. It's so cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And But he has some way cooler stuff than that. That's like really like really heavy, hard, lot of, lot of different parts to it and stuff like that. And it's not as poppy as Journey to the Center of the Mind. If you What's the record? Uh, Tooth, Fang, and Claw. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, there's some killer stuff on there. It's great music. Yeah, and what I, I gotta say also, one of the best album covers in rock on that one. I love, I love Ted Nugent just looking like a wildcat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, what, while you bring that up, isn't the the greatest album title ever 
ever, ever, ever in the history of the world is intensities in 10 cities. I mean, have you, I mean, have you heard that album? Oh yeah. My love is like a tire iron. Come on. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. But what a great (laughs) album title. Intensities in 10 cities. It's so genius. Oh yeah. The alliteration. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, yeah, great stuff. I'm a predator. Yeah, and you got to play with him too, which is incredible. I did, I, and and to be honest with you, Nugent Ted saw the um he saw the video for Got to Play Some Rock and Roll, and he he texted me at five forty five in the morning, "Are you up?" <laughs> and he called me and he told me how he loved it, and I mean it's just so nice of him to reach out and and tell me that he likes the tune because he invented that style you know what i mean so it was really honor and he's such a great guy and what a what a great supporter and i don't think he gets enough kind things said about him because he is such a kind supporter of people that he supports yeah yeah that's true uh let's uh let's hit on uh i love the song don't be afraid it was a little quick punky song and then there's a line there that i i, I wasn't sure if i was hearing right but i wanted to ask is the there's a lyric in there is it does it say big, big drums is the name of the game? Big, bad drums, I think it is. Big, bad drums, okay. I thought that was so cool because I was, I was like, okay, this song is like the short little mission statement of the album in like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, I needed one little short little blistering, I don't call it punk. To me, it's kind of Detroit garage song, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just really quick and it's over before you know it. Yep, and you did the, the, some little cool like references to like classic songs in there, like kind of like Deep Purple did with Speed King. I seem to remember the, like hearing like references like to fifties rock songs in, in that one. There's a there's a lot of those. If you know your early rock and roll, they're spread out through the album that I ripped off from um, my favorite Chuck Berry songs and Little Richard songs and and a lot more. Only the supreme knowledgeable of that type of music will will hear it. Nice. I got. I got to go through the lyric book when the CD gets here today. Yeah. Because, man, like I, I listened to this a few times on head headphones, and now now I want to sit down like with a, like a magnifying glass. Like, okay, what else we got? Here? Okay, you seem like the type, which is cool, Alex, especially for a younger guy. Oh yeah, no, like I I, I love uh I listen to a lot of music that came out before I was born, and that's mostly what makes up what I listen. To. I listen to new stuff too, but man, yeah, yeah, but you're into it. I can tell you investigate and you get into the music, which is what you know, was cool about music back in the day and what was cool about records before all this internet stuff. You kind of had to like, you imagined it in your mind and that was the fun part, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate you taking the time and, and listening with authority. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. And I appreciate you making this music because uh, I, I've been watching you hit the skins for Ozzy so, so many years. When I saw your record was coming out, I was just happy for you. I was like, oh, that's great. That's so oh, Thank cool. you so much, Alex. Very nice of you. Yep. And uh, that's actually a good way to segue into my next question. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask about this. Uh, Go ahead, my man. So No More Tours 2, it got postponed twice, then it got canceled. I know Ozzy's working on another record with other musicians. Is there any, is there still a chance, like, is he looking at touring or do you think that that, t- that time has kind of passed? Like what- No, like, what I mean, I- I know there's dates in January and February and they say they're going to do them. So I'm going with that. You cannot count out the Osbournes, any of them. They are rock and roll survivors. And Ozzy, when he chooses to stop, that's when I think he's going to stop. You know, 
I mean, look at look at Mrs. Osborne. She kicked cancer's ass. So <laughs> so they're fighters, man. So they will be back. I guarantee it. I'm just holding out hope, man, because uh, I I hadn't seen I haven't seen Oz yet. I had tickets to see the show at the Hollywood Bowl on the No More Tours Two tour. And I was okay. all, you've I never seen Ozzy, never seen him. And I was oh, excited. Okay. Yeah, you'll and, then love he, it. and then he got that staph infection and it got pushed back a year. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll get, I'll get yeah. to see him. And then it got pushed back again. <laughs> and yeah, got, yeah, yeah. I know so, it's, it's unfortunate, it's but I, I think if he says he's going to be back then he's going to be back. All right. Well, I'm holding out hope and I hope to see you up there hitting the skins, man. Me too. Yeah. So let's, uh, before, before we wrap things up, I got, I got, I always do this. Uh, do you have any good, uh, it doesn't, it can be from Ozzy. It can be from Nugent or Cooper, whoever. Do you have any good tour stories that you've never shared before? I'm always horrible at thinking of these kind of things, but I'll give you a quick Ozzy one because people have asked me these, I don't do many interviews because people don't really care, but now I have to do them to go promote (laughs) this album. Um, so I thought of this one in the kitchen the other day. I remember staying at Ozzy's house and he has a place in England. And it's like, to me, it's like a castle. I mean, it's like, you know, it's hundreds of years old and it's just huge and the big English gardens and it's beautiful. And they have the people that take care of it and flowers and, and Sharon, like she knows how to make a house nice. The, she- the beds are like the best bed you've ever slept in your life. The sheets are amazing. The soap. I mean, just everything. She's got it down to a science. You know what I mean? It's just royal, rock royalty, right? You following me? Yep. So, so I'm staying there for maybe a week, two or three weeks, actually. And it's all nice and it's clean. Um, Sharon had to leave. And the housekeepers, they, they, went away for the weekend one time like Saturday and Sunday so Friday Friday night they leave the house is immaculate and then it's just me and Ozzy in the house and in two days that house (laughs) the kitchen where we would all hang out it was so demolished meaning he was like cooking you know fish and chips for us and just to watch him do it is such a hilarious by the way they're the best fish and chips you've ever had in your life but the way he was doing it, like he's pouring salt, but half of it's going all over the floor and he's like <laughs> dropping the oil everywhere and like potatoes are everywhere and newspapers, you know, it's just, it was just hilarious. So by the time Monday morning came, it was like, thank God these people are back. It was just so, <laughs> but he totally Ozzyfied uh, the house in, in two days. <laughs> but I mean, he's just, a, he's just such a funny guy the way he does things he's unto himself and he's so talented that i think sometimes his his huge charisma and persona for some reason outweighs when people when you're charismatic and an entertainer people they they like to put your music second to that he is the supreme talented being when it comes to melodies and there's only one vocalist in the world that ever will sound like him. So what an honor to know Ozzy, to be considered his friend and to play in his band for as long as I have been luckily to play with him and go on stages and go to war and, and really have great concerts and have a blast. So there's my one little Ozzy kitchen destruction story. 
That's incredible. I love that, man. We actually have a little more time than I thought we would. So uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to share, share a quick Aussie story with you, if that's okay. Okay, go go ahead. Let me hear it. So uh, you played drums on the Scream tour, right? I did. Okay, so uh, growing up, like you said, like you, you nailed it around the head. I was listening to older music and I was like into it and really deep into it. One of, and one of my favorite vocalists of all time has always been Ozzy. And my parents at the time... Like they heard him growing up, but they didn't, they weren't like really fans yet. And Ozzy was playing in Sturgis the same night uh, uh, that- uh, I remember that gig, yeah. Yeah, with Jason, Jason Aldean was on the gig. Yeah, my parents went to see Jason Aldean and I'm like, you guys are going to see Jason Aldean? And they're like, we'll maybe stick around for Ozzy. I'm like, you guys are going to be changed by the end of the set. And then my parents were like, yeah, whatever. And they went and they became huge Ozzy fans after the show. They were converted oh, that's after cool. that. cool. Yeah, so, I remember that show. I remember, I just, I remember, yeah, it's, it's a dusty motorcycle brawl there. Oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of people in the Midwest getting together with rock and roll. I always thought it was so weird, Jason L.D. and opening for Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, but that's, I like that kind of stuff. I wish more gigs were like that, where it was different bands and different crowds colliding, because I think it make like, like, there you go. Your parents walked away enjoying the show. You know, maybe if it was like four country bands in a row, they would have got bored. You know what I mean? It's That's the true. same with like a heavy metal festival. You hear this like screaming for eight hours. You just want to get out of it after a while. It has no impact. But when there's this mixture, I think it's such a cool thing. I wish, wish more concerts were that way, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I always hear about bills back in the day. It was like, you know, the who and Joni Mitchell and all that stuff. Exactly. It means very cool stuff, really to take an ear break and to go that way, you know, what a cool thing that would be. Yeah. I would a... maybe actually go to a concert then. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know people that are like that. It's like, it's the same thing and they get jaded by it. So I, I feel you, man. Not jaded, but I mean, it's like, if you're a plumber all day, the last thing you want to go do is fix the toilet. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Well, Tommy, this has been an absolute wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed this. Uh, before we wrap up, do some plugs. Where can people find you and tell them where they can get They can't uh, find me anywhere. I'm not available, I'm not around on social media. I have no interest. Don't contact me. You don't, you're not going to know what I know, have for lunch or where <laughs> I live or any of that stuff. I could care less. But the record company start all the all the Instagrams and the Facebooks for Tommy's Rock Trip. And I think you can buy the album on Amazon and uh, I think it's Orchard.com or something like that. If you guys spend your hard earned money on it, I really appreciate it. I hope you get your 15 or whatever dollars worth um, out of the CD of enjoyment. So thank you very much. And thank you, Alex, for taking the time to speak with me. It's been my pleasure and all the best to you and yours. Thank you so much, man. Till next time, I'm the Sly Dog. Peace, love, rock and roll. Sly Dog, woo, 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 woo. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.